Welcome to Brighton Broadcast News for Friday, August 25th, 2023. Mike Adams here, of course. Thank you for joining me. We have an interview coming up with Dr. Will Spencer, who is a naturopath, a researcher, and an analyst that says he's got solutions to get rid of the technology that is introduced into your body through jabs. And so we have quite an interesting conversation about, well, nanocircuitry and 5G jabs, depopulation, and so much more. So that's coming up after the monologue here, which is audio only, of course, as you know. I've also got a special report coming up about shoplifting at the Dollar Tree stores. Did you know that people are now shoplifting so much at the Dollar Tree? Yeah, it's like, let's go in and steal stuff for a dollar, you know, dollar twenty-five. And it's, wow, man, you have to really be desperate to be shoplifting at the Dollar Tree or any dollar store for that matter. But that's exactly what's going on. Record losses uh, from shoplifting at the Dollar Tree stores all across the country as the desperation kicks in. And so I've got a special report about that and also what the Democrats are doing in California, which is they want to pass a new law and enact it that would criminalize retail store owners who stop shoplifters. Like that's that's the crime. How dare you stop shoplifters? You're supposed to let them come in and just ransack the place and take whatever they want. How how dare you request payment? So, you know, this if you wondered what the destruction of America was going to look like, yeah, just just uh, open your browser and start reading the independent media because the, it's here. This is exactly what it looks like every single day. Now, I've, I've come to the conclusion, by the way, watching the Lahaina fires, the aftermath of that, the cover-up by FEMA and the federal government and the state government and the county officials in Maui, I've come to... It, it just hit me, this conclusion, which is that I think the truth about the Lahaina fires could bring down the cabal. I, and the reason I believe this is because I think the truth is so heinous that they have covered up so many hundreds of children being burned alive through a fire that was no doubt probably set by the government itself, or certainly allowed to spread. You know, they called off the fire department. They shut off the water supply. They blocked the roads to have people burned alive in their cars with their children. And they made sure the sirens didn't sound and so on. So I think that the level of criminality and horror that took place in the Lahaina fires would bring down this Biden regime criminal cabal that is now going all out desperation moves everywhere to try to block the 2024 election and, and launch a new pandemic. We'll talk about that in a minute here and, you know, try to imprison Trump and mug shots released in the last day. Uh, they're just desperate. And if the truth came out about Lahaina, I mean, I'm talking about the photos, the undeniable photos and videos of children burned alive while they were huddled together with their family members in their homes or with their pet dogs just roasted alive, if the truth came out, it would, it would turn America against this criminal regime. And so this is why the cover-up is so desperate, because they can't let any of this get out. But did you know it's now known by locals that apparently 186 bodies of children washed up on, on the shore of a 
nearby island because they, they drown in the ocean trying to escape the fires and then wash up on the shore. And articles are appearing now asking, where are all the children? Where did the children go? This was published on Revolver.news, kind of a, a combination of uh, some tweets and videos and a little bit of editorial. The situation in Maui is a mystery. It says something about it just doesn't sit right. From the mysterious circumstances surrounding how the fire started to the peculiar reactions from officials, both before and after the fires, there's an unsettling feeling about the whole matter. Now, it seems that officials are not only hiding the true death toll, but are honestly, I'm sorry, but are also being hush-hush about all the missing children. Why? And then, then there's a video here of Richard Bisson couldn't answer how many kids are missing. What's going on in Maui? Children are returning back to school, and there are reports of a lot of missing kids. A lot. The numbers are indeed alarming and should concern everyone. Is there a logical explanation, or are the children truly missing? From Mike Sertovich, quote, only about 400 students from the burn area have enrolled in other public schools, while about 200 signed up for distance learning. That's only 600 total, but according to the state, the four schools in Lahaina served more than 3,000 children. Where are the other 2,400 children? How many Maui kids are missing? And then Fox News reports classrooms on Maui will have empty seats as students begin returning to school nearly two weeks after the fires. The exact number of people missing is still changing. Hawaii Governor Josh Green told reporters over the weekend it's possible that there will be many children among the unaccounted for. Maui County, County Mayor Richard Bisson said in a video that 850 names are on a list of missing persons. Bisson said the number of missing people dropped from 1,000 after lists from the FBI, Red Cross, and Maui police were combined. So, what, what 850 missing people, most of whom are clearly children, and the media isn't reporting it. No one's talking about it. Where are these children? And, and, I'm willing to bet it's more than 850, by the way. This cover-up is criminal in nature. It shows that the government of Hawaii has no respect whatsoever for human life. And, and I'm actually going to encourage our listeners, if you're in Hawaii or you know someone who is, they could break this whole thing wide open by getting photos and videos that prove the government's lying. If you can demonstrate the government cover-up, then those of us in independent media can get this published all across the video platforms, the websites, you know, the Infowars.com organization would be happy to publish photos and videos that tell the truth and expose the lies and the cover-ups of government and FEMA. So keep that in mind. If you know someone who can get in there and get photos and videos or, or, you know, maybe there's a staging area where the bodies are being staged and maybe somebody could get in there and get some video of that. I mean, I know it's a gruesome job, but the truth has to be told here. You can't just cover up the deaths of all these children. I mean, that's the, the ultimate disrespect of those children to pretend that their lives mattered so little that you won't even acknowledge their deaths. And that's what the government of Hawaii is doing. It's pretty sick stuff. Meanwhile, FEMA officials are staying in luxury hotels in Maui, $1,000 a night rooms, beachfront rooms, $1,000 a night. Uh, this is covered by the Daily Mail and, and many other media outlets, of course. 
Bungling U.S. government bureaucrats dispatched to the Maui disaster zone are shacked up in a $1,000 a night luxury hotel on the Hawaiian island. Officials from FEMA, and you may recall, FEMA was complaining about running out of money. Oh, we're almost out of money. We're going to be out in two weeks, they said. Uh, maybe because you're spending $1,000 a night to stay in luxury hotels, probably while your FEMA people are actually, you know, partying down and drinking and, you know, swimming in the luxury pools and having a great time there while the families whose children were burned alive in Lahaina received a one-time payment of $700, which wouldn't even cover one night in the luxury hotel rooms in which FEMA personnel are staying. That is sick. That is sick. FEMA personnel should be staying in tents, as far as I'm concerned. They should be roughing it out there close to the scene. $1,000 a night hotel rooms. The Under Fire Agency, writes the UK Daily Mail, splashing taxpayer cash to put up more than a thousand of its personnel at four bank breaking resorts in Wailea after the deadliest wildfire in the U.S. for more than a century caused five billion dollars in damage. And then they have photos of all these luxury, oh my gosh, dolphin fountains and greens and palm trees and blue waters. Oh, wow. That's what they want to show their people, not the truth about the children who were burned alive because the government engineered those events. This is, this is pretty sick. FEMA is sick. I mean, the whole Biden regime, the, the whole U.S. empire is a, a bunch of sick criminals who have no, no regard whatsoever for human life. All they want is their own money and power. And frankly, as long as the money printing continues, this evil will persist. This is all the result of just endless money printing, by the way. If you can print money, then you can fund $1,000 a night luxury hotel rooms, right? Endlessly, because you're just stealing from everybody else by printing trillions of dollars yourself, which is exactly what has happened. Now, some people are getting some very interesting footage, by the way. There's a video, it looks like some drone footage and some maybe walkthrough footage that was posted by Wall Street Apes on Twitter. It's a seven-minute clip. I'm not going to play the whole thing, maybe a minute or two, but it's entitled Things That Didn't Burn because it's very mysterious how it seemingly everything burned except certain objects that are right in the middle of all the charred areas. And why is it that these vehicles or objects or umbrellas did not burn? How, how, can, that, how can that be? So take a look at this video. We'll watch a minute or two, and uh, we'll, just, we'll just draw you know, your own conclusion about what this means. Here we go. I need to address a couple things and set the record straight. So first of all, I have made absolutely no money on this. I, I can't even say that. I signed up for X, so I've made negative $11 a month is the compensation I have received for killing myself for the last two weeks uh, because that's not why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it for money. I've had many, many uh, national news media outlets reach out to me wanting my footage, wanting interviews. I've had some some lucrative offers from them for sure, but I've turned all of them down that's not why I'm doing it. I want the truth to get out there. And uh, I, I, I'll get into more about why I'm doing this in a minute. But the other thing I want to mention is the only reason I turned on tips on TikTok and X is because I had literally hundreds of people telling me to turn this on. And so I did. And across these platforms, I think last time I checked, it was almost 40 million uh, unique viewers. And out of those 40 million people, 
nobody tipped me anything and that's totally fine but that, that's it's not why i'm doing it um but i i didn't get any tips and so i think the people saying that you know they, they probably were just saying that so they could create a situation where they could attack me um but the truth is i really have made no money whatsoever on any of this and none of this has been meant to be political. I'm not that political of a person, but I do strongly believe in the First Amendment. I think that with situations like this, people should be able to say what they want to say about it. They should be able to report it without being intimidated, without uh, people trying to stop them and suppress them and without the, the government interfering. And I believe that people should have freedom. And I really, really strongly believe that's under attack right now. And no matter what your political ideology is you should care about that that should matter to you and you should do your part whatever that is and that's all i'm trying to do here is do my part and it was it was very evident to me early on that nobody else was going to do this and you know some of the stuff i've been doing is is pretty horrendous conditions i mean i've been hiking up to a hill holding the phone up trying to upload stuff for hours i mean i've been like like nobody else did this for a reason but aside from that when i was in the park you know, and and there and we were being ordered around. Out of thousands of people, I was really the only one uh, pushing for answers and 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 asking questions. And 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 I don't know why that is. You know, I haven't lived here as long as some people, and I have some ideas. You know, I can speculate about that, and, which is something I will do in the future. But it it didn't seem like anyone else was going to do this. And on top of that, you know, the the, the national news they don't tell you the whole story. They don't show you everything, and they're not even allowed in here right now. So I I just really strongly felt somebody had to get something out there, you know, that was true. And it, I, I'm not finished with this. I will continue with this. For the people asking why I don't show my face, it's because I need to maintain some level of anonymity for safety reasons at the moment. I might show my face in future episodes. But the other thing is, I mean, the story's not about me. So I'm just telling the story and I'm showing you guys what's happening. I'm just telling you what's going on. That's it. So it's not really about me. It's not that relevant. All right. So it's clear from this man's video, and I don't, I don't know the name of this man. I don't know his TikTok channel, but it's clear from what he's saying that he is observing an effort by the government to silence everybody, to silence the journalists, to not even allow journalists actually access to this. This is a massive cover-up underway. And you can hear from this man's voice the extraordinary lengths that he has been forced to go to in order to get this footage. And they've been using, you know, 256-bit AES encrypted hard drives in order to try to, you know, shuttle the footage to other people. Because they're concerned about, frankly, you know, government thugs coming in and confiscating the files, which is the kind of thing that you would expect under maybe the former Soviet Union or you know, some kind of fascist regime, which makes you realize we're living under a fascist regime. The fact that, that just organically, everyday people like this guy who's out there you know, filming and putting together footage and showing and you know, asking questions, why didn't these things burn? Why is this car untouched? And you know, how, how come these umbrellas didn't burn and so on? That this person fears for his life because he realizes that we're living under a fascist, criminal, illegitimate regime and that we are operating behind enemy lines because all of the United States, as I said in previous podcasts, is in fact a battle zone now. It's all under warfare, active warfare by the government and the deep state itself. You know, multifaceted warfare, what some people call fifth generation warfare, which includes psychological operations, information warfare, depopulation, geoengineering and weather control. 
you know, propaganda, brainwashing, gaslighting, all of that, plus famine and sabotage operations of uh, food facilities and infrastructure and so much more, you know, and also throwing Trump in jail just because they can, because they're tyrants. And th these tyrants should never be allowed to have power over the American people ever again. If, if, if we could figure out a way for we, the people, to make sure that Democrats and rhinos are barred from power forevermore, that, that would be a blessing for the future of this once constitutional republic. But sadly, those are the lunatics and tyrants who are in charge, and they're not going to give up their power voluntarily. In fact, they are willing to mass murder Americans in order to shore up their own power. Now, with that said, we're going to move into the scamdemic or the plandemic topic here because that's coming back around. I've got a couple of announcements first. We did post episode 11 of Decentralized TV uh, featuring Scott Kesterson from Bards FM. So that episode is now up on Decentralized.tv, and it's a very powerful episode. And I think it's worth watching. In fact, it's, it's, I don't know, perhaps the most powerful episode that we've had so far. Very hard-hitting, very, I mean, just profound. Scott Kesterson himself is an amazing individual. So, I, you know, just, just check out that episode. I think you'll really enjoy it. There's also a copy of that episode on my channel, the HR Report channel on Brighton.com. But the, the main episode, I mean, I guess the main copy is on Decentralized.tv. Also wanted to mention that after, I don't know how long I've been running degoogled phones, and I've been searching for a source of degoogled phones to recommend. And it has taken me a long time, actually, to, to find a source that I can trust and recommend. And I've been, I've been through uh, three different operating systems and, I don't know, like six different phones at this point to try to find the best phone for degoogled Android and the best operating system and the best privacy. And we found something that's really extraordinary. And I'm going to give you the web address of where you can go find out about them. And they are a partner with us now. Uh, we are an affiliate partner with them. So we do get some compensation if you purchase a phone from them. But let me tell you why it's worth considering. They're called Above Phone. And the website is abovephone.com slash BBN, as in Brighton Broadcast News. That's our affiliate link. So abovephone.com slash BBN. And Above Phone sells degoogled Google Pixel hardware. And the way I describe this is that it's actually Google hardware that is the best hardware platform to run a degoogled phone. And the reason you want a degoogled phone is because your regular Android spies on you and your iPhone spies on you. Apple and Google essentially have a monopoly over the mobile phone devices category. And Google and Apple all spy on you. They track all the URLs you go to. They track your location constantly. And that can get you arrested. I just ask all the people in jail from January 6th. It was their phone that reported on their location, even if they had the phones turned off. Did you know that Google makes sure that the phone continues to report your location, even if the phone is turned off? And that's why they don't have their batteries uh, replaceable so that people can't pull the batteries out because they have power to some smaller portion of the circuitry that is continuing to snitch on you to the cell towers. So you can be rounded up in a geofencing warrant 
simply for being present in a specific location. And this location data is preserved or, or saved, archived on you for eternity. And the, the rogue tyrannical regime that is the federal government now can go back in time and they can ask Google or Apple for your entire location data and Google will turn it over to the federal government because, of course, Google is complicit in all the crimes against humanity that we're witnessing right now and the, the cover-ups and the, you know, the, the censorship and all of that. Google's all on board with global you know, transhumanism and depopulation, obviously. So you don't want to use a Google device. But if you take a Google phone and you wipe its memory and then you replace it with a de-Googled operating system such as Graphene OS, which is, I think, the best one, then it's kind of like taking a Terminator from the original Terminator movie, wiping its memory, reprogramming it, and then having it protect John Connor. So now you have the Terminator protecting the good guys instead of the Terminator trying to murder all humans. So that's what you can do with a Google phone, a Google Pixel phone. You can de-Google it and you can install Graphene OS on it. And then what Above Phone does is they install all of these apps that's like a, a phone calling app, a messaging app, you know, a, a storage app, browsers, and all these other things that are pre-installed for you to make it incredibly convenient to have a phone that doesn't spy on you. And the SIM card that goes in the phone is a data card. It's not a regular phone number phone SIM card. It is a data card so that it appears to cell towers as a data system, like a, like a security camera or a tracking, uh, you know, reporting device or something like that. But it, it doesn't identify it as a phone because it doesn't have a phone uh, communications protocol. And the best part is you can buy these phones with cryptocurrency, including privacy crypto such as Monero. So there's no link to your name your social security number, or your credit card. And you can buy these data SIM cards also using cryptocurrency, such as Monero. And you, know, you just pay for the bandwidth on the SIM card. And you can just, within the phone itself, you can just, just add funds to it and, and get more data. And these phones come with cases and screen protectors and all these uh, little accessories and, and devices and things. It, it's pretty cool. It's very complete. Now, I have just now started using my phone from Above Phone, but I've been using the Graphene OS for quite an extended period of time. And I use a different Pixel phone previously, and I've also used Samsung phones with a different OS. And I've, I've actually run, like I said, three different non-Google operating systems on Android devices, and Graphene seems to be the best. And you can still run all the apps that you need, or virtually all of them. You don't use the Google Play Store. Sometimes you do need to download an APK file in order to install an app because you're not using the Google Play Store because you're not logging into Google. That's the whole point, right? But I'm, I'm running Signal. I'm running cryptocurrency apps. You know, I'm, I'm running uh, a Monero Wallet. I'm, I'm running, you know, weather apps and just essentially everything that I need to run runs fine on this without using Google. And if you want to add privacy to your life or enhance your privacy, this is one of the most important ways to do it. And it can keep you out of a lot of trouble, too, again, because you can get wrapped up in these geofencing warrants just for simply being physically in some area that law enforcement wants to you know, talk to everybody that was there because somebody did something illegal. Not you, 
not even anybody you know, just somebody else within, you know, 200 meters or something. So check this out. Go to abovephone.com slash BBN, as in Brighton Broadcast News, and you can check out these devices and uh, you can greatly enhance your privacy using this. And, and again, I've, I've tried to find companies that would offer these kinds of phones before and I was not able to do so. And in fact, the way I encountered Above Phone was at a John Bush event, the Exit and Build Land Summit that was held in Central Texas a couple of months ago. And this company, Above Phone, had a booth there. And not only did they have a booth, and they had a little kid running around telling everybody to go learn about their phones. And it was a, he was like this cute little guy who was very persistent. <laughs> he was like, in two minutes, there's going to be another presentation about phones, and you have to have your privacy. And I'm thinking, how does this you know, 10-year-old kid know anything about privacy? But he was persistent. And that's how we first learned about Above Phone. And now we're passing it along to you. And get rid of your iPhones, too, by the way, folks, because Apple cannot be trusted. All right, now let's jump into the COVID scamdemic topic because we have Florida Surgeon General, uh, General Joseph Latipo, who I interviewed previously, by the way, he says publicly, do not cooperate with mask mandates. And I completely agree with him. He says, quote, what do you call reimposing mask policies that have been proven ineffective or restarting lockdowns that are known to cause harm? Uh, he posted this on, on Twitter. Well, X now. He says, you don't call it sanity. These terrible policies only work with your cooperation. How about refusing to participate? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, CNN, though, said, hey, if you're at high risk of serious illness or death from COVID, it's time to dust off those N95 masks, according to a growing number of experts. <sighs> yeah, right. Masks don't work. In fact, I posted on my social media, I said, you know, I'm allergic to tyranny and my allergy requires me to not obstruct my breathing pathways. And that's why I can't wear a mask. Tyranny just for some reason makes me wheeze and cough. And I just, yeah, that's a medical condition that disallows me from wearing a mask. Yeah. But we've got something else here that you have to see a video from a healthcare worker, and this, this was found by the Liberty Daily, healthcare worker reveals she was informed by Superior that new scamdemic is coming next week. Next week. And we, we can't know from this video, by the way, exactly when this was filmed. Maybe it was today. Maybe it was a week ago. She doesn't say what day it is in this video, but give this a listen and see what you think, because this is consistent with the the... The warm-up that we're seeing, you know, the, the rollout of the next pandemic and all the fear-mongering that's being pushed and the PSYOP and, oh, everybody get ready with your masks and everybody get ready for lockdowns and, oh, my gosh, people are going to get sick. Listen to this nurse, I, I guess, maybe not a nurse, but a healthcare worker, explain what she was told by her boss at the hospital. Check this out. I work for a large hospital system in Broward County, Florida, on the anesthesia team. Last night, the house nurse manager came to my department and told us that we must prepare for a COVID crisis that's going to start next week. And they're going, the hospital will be taking part of our 
recovery unit, anesthesia recovery unit, to house COVID patients. And that we should, that we cannot allow surgical patients' families to come visit them, which we do pre and post surgery, pre and post anesthesia. And I looked at her and I said, how do you know we're going, you're going to need our, our rooms, our bays? And how do you know there's going to be a crisis next week? She tilted down her glasses. She looked at me and she said, you know what's going on by now. And I said, yeah, I do. And everyone else just went, oh, here we go again and shrugged their shoulders. Does anyone else find this really strange besides me? It's about time that this whole corrupted, stinking system is brought down. Seriously. Because I'm really hating my job right now. I can't stand this corruption anymore. Please share. Wow. Got to love that message, right? I mean, she just nails it. And she acknowledges that this is this is a corrupt system and she's implying that of course this pandemic is completely deliberate and it's all engineered and pre-planned which is true and she also says that this system has to be dismantled because she's sick of the corruption and she's exactly right about that this whole damn system does need to be dismantled do you realize that if it wasn't for the corrupt criminal government itself there would have been no covid there would have been no fires in Lahaina. You know, a thousand children wouldn't have been burned alive. You realize there would be no food shortages. You realize that fuel refineries wouldn't have burned down and fertilizer plants wouldn't have burned down. Do you realize that fuel would be affordable and groceries would be affordable if not for government? And you realize the, these droughts that are caused by geoengineering and weather control, they wouldn't have happened. You realize that without this criminal government, we the people... We wouldn't be fearing each other because of a, a person's race or a person's gender because it's the psyops run by the government and it's the false flag operations in some case. It's the child trafficking that's very real. It's the you know, geoengineering, like I said, it's the sabotage operations. The government is at war with the American people and if not for the government, the American people would be at peace they would be well off. They would be able to feed themselves. They would be able to pay rent because there wouldn't be this crazy inflation or, or devaluation of the money supply because of money printing. You realize we wouldn't be at war with Russia. If it wasn't for the U.S. government, the Gazprom you know, fuel supply through Nord Stream wouldn't have been blown up in Europe. And the European economy would actually be doing rather well right now instead of collapsing. If it wasn't for the U.S. government, the world would be a better place right now. Understand? We wouldn't have all these wars and conflicts all over the, the world. And we wouldn't be seeing children burn alive in America, followed by a FEMA cover-up, while those same FEMA criminals are staying in $1,000 a night luxury hotels, laughing it up and partying and drinking while refusing to do their jobs. I mean, these, these are scenes of an evil empire in its last days where they've, they've abandoned 
any, just even the appearance of representing the people. They care nothing about the people. Now it's just a question of how much money can they print and how much stuff can they buy for themselves and how, how much can they pay themselves and how much bribery and corruption can they carry out? How much power can they seize? How many elections can they rig? And how long can they keep this going? And what this woman just said in this video, this healthcare worker, is that she's tired of the damn corruption and it's time to bring the whole system down. That's what she's saying. And I think a lot of Americans feel exactly the same way. And, I, and I'm, I'm starting to get a sense that what's going to happen at the next election is not an election. It's and, and I'm, not, I'm not calling for any specific action here. I'm just trying to read the future of kind of the scenes and images that, that are coming to me about what may happen. And I'm seeing it more of a revolution than an election. I'm seeing a lot of battles at the at local, even at the county level, over exposing the vote rigging and exposing the child trafficking and exposing the, the crimes, the crimes against humanity that are carried out by this cartel of absolute crooks and evil demons known as demon rats or Democrats with a D next to their name. And they need to be exposed and they need to be prosecuted. And I'm, I'm just getting a sense that America has gone past the days of just going along with another rigged election. I get the sense that the American people are fed up, that they've, they've reached a tipping point where they have nothing left to lose. That's my sense. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But no doubt in my mind, the criminal government regime is going to have their hands full uh, trying to suppress everything and trying to lie and propagandize and cover up. And, and probably they're carrying out you know, secret assassinations and death squads and all kinds of things. Who knows? But that's, that's my sense of where this is going. And if you don't believe me of where we are, by the way, in history, uh, Jordan Peterson, by the way, was just you know, convicted and forced to undergo re-education training in Canada. The Ontario College of Psychologists has ordered Professor Dr. Jordan Peterson to undergo a re-education training program because of his social media posts. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you would see in a communist regime like the former Soviet Union, for example, or some kind of extreme fascist regime. And this was covered by the Gateway Pundit, but uh, Jordan Peterson said before the verdict was handed out, he said, the decision of an Ontario court regarding the allegations levied against me is due tomorrow. I stand by what I have said and done and wish them luck in their continued prosecution. I tweeted and otherwise expressed my opposition to trans surgery butchery, Justin Trudeau and his minions and the lying climate apocalypse mongers. All that's looking pretty good from my end. He says that if I can't express such opinions in Canada, I will let the world know. So, so the Ontario College of Psychologists ordered him to undergo re-education to correct his wrong think. Wrong think. Oh, you, you said that the climate hoax was a hoax. Well, that's wrong think. You're not allowed to say that. Oh, you, you criticize the transgender butchery of young children, the slicing and dicing of their genitalia in the name of progressivism. Oh, we can't allow you to say that. You're going to have to correct your wrong think. You're going to have to go to a re-education camp. 
or a training program. And that's exactly what's happened. So Peterson told CBC News in Canada, quote, I'll comply with their regulations, but I'm not going to do it in secret. And the reason I'm not going to do it in secret is because I don't believe I've done anything wrong. I will video record all further hearings and mandatory re-education training courses and broadcast them unedited on YouTube for the world to see. Well, I would say yes, Dr. Jordan Peterson, please do so, but you might want to also post it on brighton.com because YouTube will just erase it. You should probably post it on Brighton and, and Rumble and other platforms, and, and maybe he means that as well. But uh, this, this is extraordinary because you can imagine what these re-education training camps are going to be like. The, Day one, welcome. Uh, we're all going to die from the climate unless the planet is depopulated and we have to kill all humans through <laughs> engineer famine and infertility, mutilations of children. And he's going to broadcast that to the world. And leftists will see that and say, yeah, that's, that's what we need to do. Because they don't even argue about that anymore. They don't argue that their agenda is mass genocide of the human race. And frankly, they can't argue that their climate cult is rooted in anything resembling reason or rationality or real science, because it's not. I mean, they say carbon dioxide is a poison. That's, as you know, the miracle molecule responsible for photosynthesis, i.e. for all life on our planet as we know it, or virtually, virtually all life. The entire biosphere of plant life and animals and insects and pollinators and, of course, you know, mammals and other animals as well, including ocean life. It's all depending on photosynthesis. And for that, you have to have CO2. But the lunatic left-wing cultists will attack carbon dioxide, and they will probably make Jordan Peterson say crazy things like, repeat after me, carbon dioxide will kill us all. And you can just see Jordan Peterson having to say, carbon dioxide will not <laughs> kill us all or something. You know, he, he's going to have fun with this, but the, the radical left is, is going to force people to say incredibly stupid, false things like repeat after me, a man can become a woman and have a baby and have a vagina and breastfeed a baby <laughs> and, and compete in women's sports while giving birth to a baby while riding a unicycle and juggling with three arms. I mean, it's, it's like, what? You people are freaking insane. The left is absolutely insane, but the, the re-education camps are here. I want you to understand that. The re-education camps have begun. And so, so understand that what's coming next, which is the government rounding up of political dissidents and sending them to camps, that's not very far away. In fact, that's happening right now in Norway. And here's a Substack article from Peter Sweden, which is a, 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 great, a great author from Peter. Norway locked man in psychiatric ward for questioning mRNA shots. The same day police arrived at his door, he had shared one of my news stories. The story you are about to read is worse than you think. I did not believe this could happen in a democracy, he says. This should not ever happen in a democracy. But then again, I'm beginning to ask myself if we are actually still living in a democracy. I can assure you, Peter, that we are not. Of course, you know that. But everything that I warned about or that Alex Jones warned about, it's all coming true. All coming true. So this Norwegian man named, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, Trond Harald Haaland, or however you would pronounce that. I, I don't speak the local dialect there. 
He's spoken out about things like the WEF and climate change and vaccine passports. Uh, so he doesn't believe the mainstream media narrative. Someone anonymously reported him to the police for being, quote, mentally unstable because, you know, if you question the establishment, well, must be something wrong with you mentally because you don't believe that men can magically become women and, and Shazam, wah, vaginas and childbirth and everything. If you don't believe that, then you're mentally unstable. So because he was anonymously reported to the government, two healthcare workers together with two police officers arrived at his door. And they hauled the man away and they locked him up in a psychiatric ward. What was the justification? Um, he had been posting, quote, conspiracy theories on Facebook. Conspiracy theories are talking about the mRNA in vaccines and the excess deaths and Klaus Schwab and that climate change is, is a giant hoax. So they put him in a psychiatric ward. That was on July 19th. While he was locked up, he was not allowed to go outside and get fresh air because, quote, he did not want to be here. His lawyer requested to be there when the doctor had a meeting, but the lawyer was denied. So after being held for nine days, he was let go after a jury at the Control Commission for Psychiatric Healthcare ruled that there was no justification for locking him up. So it was ultimately ruled illegal to lock him up. But they had him as a prisoner for nine days because of thought crimes or speech crimes. And don't forget, by the way, that Gonzalo Lira is currently being held, at least believed to be held by the Ukrainian government for speech crimes, for saying things on YouTube that embarrassed Zelensky. And so, you know, here we have example after example. Jordan Peterson, right? Re-education camp for you, Dr. Peterson, because... He doesn't believe in slicing up the genitalia of children. This is the world that we're living in now. These are not wild fringe theories about things that might happen if it got bad. Things are bad. This is what's happening today, right now. Oh, and, and by the way, although this pales in comparison, I, I do have to report to you that after locking up my funds for six weeks, uh, Robin Hood you know, the platform where you allegedly can buy and sell stocks and crypto and investment vehicles and so on. Uh, they have released my account with the following non-explanation. Okay, this is six weeks after locking up my entire account, freezing everything, not allowing withdrawals, nothing. Simply because I purchased cryptocurrency on Robinhood. Not even very much, by the way. It was, it was less than $1,000, I believe of crypto. And because I purchased crypto, they locked my account and they sent me an email that said, you're not allowed to contact customer service while we investigate your account being locked. I'm like, you're the ones who locked it. <laughs> so I waited. And now six weeks later, okay. I mean, this is, this is called customer service. If you want some of the world's worst customer service in the realm of finance, just be a customer of Robinhood.com, by the way, where they steal from the poor and give to the rich. Apparently, they just lock up everybody's account. I don't know what you call that. But here it is. After six weeks, I get an email with the following message. Your accounts are no longer restricted. <laughs> here it is. We appreciate your patience while we evaluated your account information. The good news is we determine your account is in good standing and all restrictions have been lifted. Oh, re re that's the good news. I mean, 
what about the fact that you locked up my account for six weeks? You held all my deposits there hostage. They continue. As you may know, Robinhood is a safety first company, which is why you may have experienced account limitations during our review. <laughs> for that, we apologize. <laughs> oh my God. You may have experienced account limitations. You mean you, you hijacked my entire account, you freaking criminals. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even that much money, like I said. But it's just, it's the thought of this. What if somebody has, you know, 100 grand or something in Robinhood? You may have experienced account limitations during our review. For that, we apologize. And it's gone. So... This is their entire explanation. They don't have an explanation for, you know, they're not willing to say, uh, yeah, we locked up your account. We basically stole from you. We held all your money hostage and we uh, implied that you might be a criminal. Uh, and, and now we've decided that you're not for whatever reason, but we're not going to share that with you because, you know, security concerns. So this is, this is what they are. And then they say, quote, moving forward, we highly encourage you to further secure your account by enabling two-factor authentication. I already had two-factor authentication, 2FA, on this account because I use that on all my accounts. I mean, all of them that support it. I already had 2FA. So here, these, these people, six weeks later after locking up my account, they come back to me and, and say, okay, we decided you're not a criminal after all, but you should protect your account. You should enable 2FA, which is already enabled. <laughs> Talk about incompetent. I mean, so I'm probably going to log into Robinhood tomorrow and just empty everything out of there as quickly as possible. And it just underscores the reason why I'm, you know, why I created the new show called Decentralized TV. Because if you don't have custody of it, especially in the traditional financial system, it doesn't count. They can just take it at any time. What Robinhood did to me, the bank can do to you, and they will with the bank bail-ins and the bank freezes that are coming, they can just say for any reason, they don't even have to give you the reason. They can just say, you know, for account security reasons that we can't share with you due to national security, uh, you know, we've just stolen all your money. You know, go pound sand, sucker. And that's, that's pretty much, I should actually be the one to write Robinhood emails to customers because I think I could say it more accurately than the way Robinhood is saying it. I mean, if, you, if you're going to translate, like, the first email where they lock up your account, instead of saying, uh, you know, we, we're reevaluating your account status based on, you know, strict uh, guidelines for your safety, uh, it should be basically, uh, we decided to steal all your shit, and we just took it from you because there ain't shit you could do about it. <laughs> like, I, that's the way I would write the emails from Robinhood, and it would be a lot more accurate and, frankly, just honest. In fact... I, I think I should really run the Robin Hood customer service phone line because I think I would do a better job there. It would go something like this. Welcome to Robin Hood. How can we steal your shit today? Um, yeah, this, this is, uh, I'm a customer. This is Mike Adams here. And uh, Robin Hood locked up all my accounts and has apparently holding all my money hostage. I can't get any, out, get any of it out. I'm hoping that you could maybe unlock my accounts. Oh, hell no, cracker. <laughs> Which part of this game do you not understand? You ain't going to get none of your money back. We Robin Hood. We from the hood, and we're robbing you. 
<laughs> Which part you, you don't understand? <laughs> We're robbing you every day and people like you. Okay, so you're, so you're saying that you're stealing my money. Bitch, aren't you familiar with the Robin Hood? Robin Hood running around the forest stealing shit from everybody and giving it to somebody else. The only difference is, in this case, we give it to ourselves. Okay, so, so how do I get my money back? You ain't never going to get your money back. We're Robin Hood. We're robbing you. We just ain't shit you can do about it. That's the best part of this. Okay, so um, do you have a procedure or a process or any any specific way to get my money back? Oh, we ain't going to talk about specifics. <laughs> ain't no process. The process is we robbing you, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Thank you for calling Robin Hood. Click. Yeah, that's how that phone call would go down. <laughs> uh, okay, folks, don't get overexcited. That's just satire. That's just satire. That's, that's, uh, um, that's a fictional phone call. That's kind of the way, that's the attitude of Robin Hood. The way, at least in my creative, interpretative way, that that would actually go down if Robin Hood were telling the truth about the way they treat customers. And they'd probably call black customers the N-word, too, on top of that. Of course, I'm not going to perform that here but I can say cracker um, and get away with that. But I, I think Robin Hood would just like if, if you call in your Indian or something, you know, they would they would find, you know, they would call you some racial slur for Indians or, or like if you're Chinese, you know. In fact, I, I think they would just use all kinds of racial names against all kinds of people. You know, if you call up and you're Chinese, you know, they would they would use some kind of, you know, Chinese slur against you. Or if you're Mexican, you know, they would they would like put on a sombrero and make fun of you and then play like Mexican music in the background. Like, you know, see, and then it's just whatever. They would just, just the most racist things possible at Robin Hood is, is my, what I imagine how that would go. <laughs> that's, that's who they are. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Taco Tuesday, by the way, Taco Bell, as reported by Yahoo News, Taco Bell and other food chains could, quote, move to digital-only sales, according to the CFO. And that it's called Yum Brands, Inc. You know, that's who owns Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and KFC, which people have forgotten that stands for Kentucky Fried Chicken. They, they, they just hope that nobody remembers that it all started in Kentucky, and it's all fried, and it's mostly allegedly chicken. But uh, in an interview with the... CFO Journal, Chief Financial Officer Chris Turner said more customers are going to be ordering through apps and websites and kiosks in the stores, and they're going to be testing the use of artificial intelligence to take drive-through orders. <laughs> oh, this is going to be great. And so they say digital sales have increased almost 35% year over year, with kiosks now deployed in 100% of Taco Bell stores. Did you know that? Now, I haven't set foot in a Taco Hell retail store for as long as, I mean, how many years? But uh, are there kiosks in there? What do you do? And I, I love the fact that they're going to try to use AI in the uh, drive through lane. That's going to go over well. Wendy's also has began testing an AI chat bot at an Ohio drive through earlier this year, reports Yahoo News. While many sit-down restaurants have started using robot servers to bring meals <laughs> to patrons. Yeah, you know I got to make fun of this one, right? <laughs> you, you know, 
You know that. It goes something like this. Welcome to Taco Bell. Would you like to guess what mystery ingredients are used in our meat products? You know, and if you if you guess correctly, like you get a free taco with the mystery meat in it or something. What? Again, I haven't eaten at Taco Bell in many, many years, but even when I recall, it was it was like a little bit of meat, like a little bit of protein floating in grease, I think, kind of a kind of a reddish, kind of a orangish uh, grease, kind of like a grease basket that would just stain the bottom of the taco to where it would get all liquefied and fall out. That's what I remember. But uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe they've improved things now with the AI chatbot. Welcome to Taco Bell. Our meat is mRNA-enhanced, insect-enhanced protein structures for your consumption. You know, something like that is what I imagine. Yes, yes, I'm using the robot voice today on the board because we have to, we have to be expressive. And, I, you know, couldn't resist. I mean, is, they're talking about AI chatbot in the story. How would that go at Wendy's? Remember when Wendy's had the ads? It was like that old lady's like, where's the beef? Right? Where's the beef? And what, what would that sound like today with a Wendy's AI chatbot? What, what would that be? <laughs> I think they'd be more like, where's the customers? Like, no one can afford to eat here anymore because of food inflation. And also, nobody wants your mRNA injected meat substitute whatever that stuff is, Soylent Green or whatever. Nobody wants that anyway. Nobody who knows what, what's in it. Uh, uh, you know, speaking of uh, fast food, did you know I used to work at Pizza Hut when I was in high school? And, you know, like a lot of people my age, we weren't afraid to work when we were young. You know, I, I mowed lawns and uh, I worked for UPS. I loaded boxes into a very hot tractor trailer at like three in the morning. And I also worked at Pizza Hut, and that was a, an astonishing experience working at Pizza Hut because we had, I don't know if I told this story before, but we had a guy there who was kind of a, a mercy hire because he was, he was partially mentally, can we say retarded if it's actually the case, or is that, is that not okay to say today? He was mentally impaired, okay, but he was functional, and, and we felt... We felt positive about the guy. He was really tall, by the way. Uh, he was tall, and he, he could drive. He had his own truck and everything, and he could deliver pizzas, and he could, he could make them. And uh, so we were all really proud of this guy. We all kind of took him under our wing, actually, and, and kind of, you know, we knew he was having a tough time in the world. I forgot his name, but he, he was, uh, you know, he wasn't, obviously, you know, he, he didn't have the functional IQ of, of most adults. So we're happy that he had this job and that he could, you know, he could earn a living and he could drive a truck and he could deliver pizzas and everything. And because we, we love this guy so much, um, nobody had the heart to tell him that when he was so tall that when he pulled the pizzas out of the oven at Pizza Hut and you, you slide them out of the oven and you slide them out of the deep dish pans and you put them on a cutting board and you have this cutter, which is like a kind of a long kind of rocker piece of metal and you, don't, you just do four cuts for the whole pizza. Nobody had the heart to tell this guy that when he was leaning over and cutting the pizza, there was a little bit of drool that would come out of his mouth onto the pizza that he was cutting. And it was like, oh, man, is that sanitary? Like, this dude's drooling on the pizza. And I think one time maybe we told the manager, you know, like, man, you know, like this, we love this guy. He needs the job. But, dude, he's drooling on the pizza when he's cutting them because he's leaning over. 
Again, he was tall. He was leaning over and drooling on the pizzas, and then uh, those pizzas got delivered to customers. Now, this was many years ago. I'm not claiming that Pizza Hut was aware of this or that this is going on still to this day, but this, this was in the 1980s, okay? And uh, we, because we, we, nobody wanted this guy to lose his job, and so we delivered drool pizzas all over town. To help this guy keep his job. And that's the truth. That's, that's exactly what happened at Pizza Hut. Again, not, not the fault of Yum Brands, Inc. Uh, maybe the fault of the manager because we did alert him to this. And he was like, <laughs> like, it's hard enough to find workers the way it is. I mean, this guy, you know, at least he shows up. He did. He, he showed up. And then also every once in a while when we were uh, making the barbecue pizzas, and you would, you would go into the cooler, the giant walk-in cooler in the back, and you'd pull out this giant bucket of the barbecue meat stuff, whatever that was. And uh, every once in a while, actually with some frequency, there would be a giant artery in the barbecue meat mixture. And <laughs> it was like, dude, is this biology class? That's an aorta or something. Did they just like slice up the heart and put it here in the barbecue meat? And, you know, the answer was always the same. I just covered up with cheese, you know. Nobody's going to know. It's going to get cooked. It's gonna, the cheese is going to melt on it. Just, just cover it up. Who cares? But me being who I was, like the future health ranger, I would, you know, take out the arteries and throw them to the side, which I'm sure cost Pizza Hut extra money. But I was most definitely trying to serve artery-free barbecue pizza at Pizza Hut, uh, even drool-free where possible. But if any of you have ever worked in fast food, especially in your younger days, like I was in high school at the time, uh, you probably have your own horror stories as well, even maybe the five-second rule or worse. But uh, we, had, we, we served a drool artery pizza at Pizza Hut. True story. All right, last major story for today. Maybe I should have mentioned this one earlier because this is actually a big deal. But, you know, the BRICS meeting is taking place right now. And uh, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, have been formally invited to become members of the BRICS nations. Now, we knew this was coming. It's now formal. So this is a major expansion of the BRICS trading block. And it's also, they're also inviting other countries. Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, and Iran have also been invited to be added. So now we're talking about not just, you know, China and Russia and India and Brazil and, and now Saudi Arabia and so on. This is looking like it's going to be about three-fifths of the world's population <laughs> that's going to be in the BRICS nations and maybe more than three-fifths of the world's resources. And so it looks like the dollar really is dead. It's just a question of how long that unwinding takes. So if you're wondering what was going to happen during this meeting and now you know. The BRICS nations are all getting together and they're going to ditch the dollar. And this has been decided. And uh, frankly, Joe Biden, the idiot that he is, weaponizing the SWIFT system against Russia and effectively defaulting on Russia's Western currency assets held in Western central banks, you know, $300 billion worth. Well, the West defaulted on its money system. And so the rest of the world is saying, well, we don't want to deal with a bunch of defaulting you know, cry bully criminals known as the United States Empire and the, the, the British Empire and the French and the Germans and, and what have you. They're like, nah, we're just going to trade in our own currency. It's going to be a new BRICS currency. We don't need the dollars. And in fact, we're going to ditch the dollars. So 
it's it's a done deal, folks. It's a done deal. Now it's only a question of how long it takes for this to really kick in. Uh, anybody left holding dollars is going to lose most of the value of those dollars whenever you know the unwinding runs its course, which it's hard to say exactly how long that's going to take. But you don't want to be left holding dollars. That's for sure. And relevant to that, by the way, I will plug our sponsor today, which is the Treasure Island Coins and Precious Metals Company. They're a gold and silver sponsor, as you know. Been working with them for many years. A very honest company, very competitive prices. They don't pay me any you know, affiliate fees or commissions or anything on gold and silver. Check their prices right now in real time on their website. Go to metalswithmike.com. It will forward you to their site, and you can see their real-time pricing right there. You can compare it to anybody. And they have discrete guaranteed delivery. They have silver IRAs that are IRS compliant. They have vaulting services available, or they can deliver it to you so you can have custody. They're really great to work with. And although this isn't investment advice, mind you, do your own research and decide what's right for you. But gold and silver, I believe, will hold value. I mean, history has proven they will hold value better than any fiat currency, especially when massive money printing is taking place because they can't print gold. And as Robert Kiyosaki told me in a recent interview, he won't invest in anything that governments can print, and that's dollars. You know, frankly, anybody holding dollars more than they need to hold is a fool. Those dollars are going to become worthless. Gold and silver are stores of value because they're physical and there's built-in scarcity, and they've been recognized for thousands of years, and they've outlasted the rise and fall of civilizations throughout all of human history. So gold and silver are going to be here when, when the dollar is history. That's for sure. <laughs> that 100% chance of that. All right. So, but anyway, do your own research, metalswithmike.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors or at least checking them out and seeing what you think. And also don't forget about the degoogled phone partner of ours, which is abovephone.com slash BBN, as in Brighton Broadcast News. And they do pay us an affiliate fee at no additional cost to you, by the way, if you do purchase a phone, a degoogled phone from abovephone.com. Just want to have full disclosure on that. So thank you for your support there as well. Now, I think we're going to go into the Dollar Tree shoplifting audio report and then the interview coming up here, which was a fascinating interview with Dr. Will Spencer, a naturopath. So uh, check all that out. Enjoy the rest of the show, and we'll have at least one podcast for you over the weekend and a whole new show, of course, on Monday morning. So enjoy. Take care. The Dollar Tree is reporting record losses due to shoplifting. The Dollar Tree. So people are stealing from the dollar store. Uh, yeah, that's a sign of how desperate people are. And it, it looks like Dollar Tree is going to have to you know, raise prices because of all of the theft. But there's way more to this story. Did you know there's a new law that will probably be signed into law in California? And the law makes it a crime for a retail shop owner to stop a shoplifter. That's right. That's right. This is state-sanctioned shoplifting. And currently, the way it works, at least in Los Angeles and perhaps the entire state, I'm not sure. But the way it works currently is you can steal up to $950 worth of product from any retail store, and the officials will not charge you with a crime. You will not be prosecuted for stealing up to 950 
And so people are running around stores in L.A. and just walking in and stealing and sometimes bringing a calculator and making sure it's underneath 950 because I guess a few of them can still do math. And so they steal 925 or 900 or whatever, and they just walk out. And the shop owners, occasionally they try to stop them or employees at the, at the retail outlets, you know, like a Best Buy employee or something will try to stop them. And sometimes there are fights and sometimes there's a shooting. And, you know, sometimes the bad guy gets stopped, but usually not. Well, this new law is going to make it a crime to stop the crime. Now, I can't think of a better demonstration of how Democrats destroy everything. They want to make it a crime to stop the crime. And their argument is, well, these people are broke. They need these tennis shoes or they need these groceries or they need whatever they're stealing. Cosmetics. That's a very common theft item, by the way. So that's their argument. Those people need this stuff. Well, <laughs> well, what about the people who own the shops? Don't they need to get paid for the products that they already bought and paid for and then put on display for the public? You know, Democrats are throwing the shop owners under the bus and, and also, you know, the retail chains. And if this law becomes law, if this gets passed and signed, here's what you're going to see. You're going to see retailers just closing up shop and moving out of California, which is already happening to some degree, but it's going to accelerate in ways that would just shock everybody. You're going to see retail chains close up and leave. You're going to see grocery stores and food stores close shop and just leave. Because why wouldn't you? You can't stay in business just giving away products to shoplifters. That's, that's not a sustainable model, obviously. But the Democrats don't understand that because Democrats are economically illiterate and they always excuse the criminals, don't they? It's never the criminal's fault, is it? Oh, no, it's your fault for having a shop and offering something for sale at a price that people can't afford. It's your fault. Well, never mind the fact that it's a free market, and if, if, someone, if a shop owner prices something too high, the customer can just walk to the next block and find it cheaper. So, of course, there's price competition. That's what keeps prices low. And the reason things are not affordable doesn't have anything to do with the shopkeepers. It has to do with the money printing by the Federal Reserve and the Biden regime. It's the mass money printing that is causing inflation or devaluation of the dollar and apparent inflation in consumer products. But you won't see Newsom or anybody in California decrying the trillions of dollars in money printing that's taking place by the crooks north of Richmond. <laughs> you won't see that at all. No. We're just going to make, this is the way they think, we're just going to make it illegal to stop shoplifting. Uh, wow. So you know where this goes next, right? Next, they'll make it illegal to stop a home robbery, which, frankly, in certain parts of California, they practically have made it illegal. They'll charge you with a crime for defending yourself against a home invader in many areas, you know, in George Soros DA-run areas. And this is true in certain parts of the country as well, outside of California. But what if they pass a state law, and this isn't on the table currently, but it could be coming soon. 
What if they pass a law that says you can't stop home robberies? That's illegal. It's a crime to resist a home robbery. Well, then that would be just a free-for-all for all the criminals to say, wow, we can just go rob all the homes in California because, well, the Democrats said we need those pieces of jewelry and we need to steal those firearms and we need the food in the refrigerator. We need the stuff we're stealing. Therefore, it's okay. Can you imagine what that would do to the property values in California? Just the law that's already about to be signed, the one that makes it illegal to stop commercial shoplifting, that's going to cause commercial real estate values to plunge. I mean, who will want to run a retail operation if stopping shoplifters is illegal? Nobody. Nobody in their right mind. So commercial real estate will plunge. Well, if they do this to homes, then, you know, home real estate will plunge. And, and the bottom line is, anybody who can is fleeing California right now anyway. Nobody in their right mind wants to be left in California as the Democrats just destroy everything and plunge the cities into complete chaos and violence, you know, mayhem, starvation, because that's where this is headed. I mean, think about where these cities are going to be when the grocery stores leave, when the 7-Elevens leave, the convenience stores, the Walmarts, the Best Buys. Who's going to stick around? When you just get robbed over and over and over again, nobody's going to stick around. No retailer is going to stay. And so it's going to become a retail desert where you can't go out and buy anything you need. You can't buy clothes. You can't buy food. You can't buy anything because, well, the shops are tired of being robbed. And by the way, most of the youth that are caught on camera doing the robbing in in these retail outlets All the ones that I've seen are black youth, but that's not my point. My point is, why are they in a hurry all the time? It's the the, the typical scene is like 10 or 12, like black youngsters who are very frantic. (laughs) By the way, they're just, they're, they're in a big hurry to steal. And I'm thinking, what's the hurry? No one's prosecuting you. No one's calling the police. The shopkeeper's not doing anything. What's the hurry? I mean, you're already on camera. There's, there's no, there should be no hurry. Just take your time. You know, I mean, if California's going to legalize shoplifting, just take your time. And by the way, is it $950 per shop or per incident? So if you walk in and you steal $900... And then you walk out and you take that loot to your car. Can you walk back in and just steal another $900? Is that what the law is going to say? Is, is, it, is it per incident? And does the new incident start over when you walk into the shop again? Or is it per shop? Or is it per day? Is it one thief can only steal a maximum of $900 per day in the aggregate across all the shops? Or is it per shop per day? You, know, you can walk in and shoplift from Best Buy, $900 per day, every day. Oh, it's Monday. Let's rip off Best Buy. Oh, it's Tuesday. Let's rip off Best Buy. Oh, it's Wednesday. Let's rip off Best Buy. And then, of course, most of the stuff ends up for sale on eBay, which is the stolen items retail secondhand outlet. That's where you find all the stolen goods on eBay. You know, uh, I'm not 
advocating this, but I'm just making a point. I think under Islamic law, if you're caught stealing, don't they cut off your hand? Wouldn't that wouldn't that stop shoplifting pretty quickly? I mean, I know that sounds like a very cruel punishment, and it probably is. It's probably way too cruel. But it certainly works in Islamic countries, as I understand it anyway. Whereas in America, you know, stealing is just incentivized. It also makes me wonder, at what level of theft do shopkeepers actually call the police and, and have a report filed? Because that's necessary for insurance reimbursement. And I'm wondering, you know, if it's less than a thousand, is it even worth dealing with insurance and police and taking up your whole afternoon, filling out a police report, filing insurance claims, only to have them denied or whatever? Is it even worth it for the shopkeeper? You know, this is why I think a lot of shops are just going to close up and leave. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, I would. And you know, another interesting thought in all of this is most of these people engaging in this theft are, of course, left-wing people. They're Democrats. And, you know, why wouldn't they steal? When they watch the Democrat leaders and they see that all they do is steal, <laughs> Democrats steal elections, Democrats steal money with money printing. And they steal money with, you know, kickbacks and bribery and fraud. I mean, Joe Biden has been given all these $20 million in bribes from, what, Burisma and Ukraine and who knows how much from China and other countries. I mean, that's a form of stealing from the American people because you're getting paid off to redirect resources that are paid for by American taxpayers to benefit other nations rather than America. That's, that's stealing. And it's also treason, by the way. Joe Biden should be arrested and prosecuted for treason. But apparently, you know, treason and crime and theft and bribery, it's all approved by the Democrats. And so we shouldn't be surprised when Democrat voters behave in exactly the same way. And this is why you've got to get to a state like Texas, where you have the right to defend your home, you know, the castle doctrine. In Texas, by the way, it's currently law that you can use a firearm to prevent a felony crime such as someone stealing a TV or something. I don't know what the level of a felony is, but surely if someone's stealing over $1,000, that's going to be considered a felony crime. Now, I'm not advocating that you run around, you know, policing the shoplifting as a citizen vigilante or anything like that. You know, it's the shopkeeper's responsibility to stop shoplifting. But if somebody comes to your home and wants to loot your home and rob your home, well, then that is your purview. And if you have a firearm in most counties in Texas, you're going to be given the benefit of the doubt. If somebody breaks down your front door and comes in and you shoot them, you know, most sheriffs and most DAs, not all of them, but most of them are going to say, well, you know, the shooting was justified. It was self-defense against a home invader. Now, maybe that's not true in Austin, Texas, super libtard Travis County town there, where you know, it's a George Soros DA and all that nonsense. So maybe don't live there. But pretty much everywhere else in Texas, somebody tries to rob your home. Or I don't know, maybe not in certain counties in Dallas, Fort Worth or Houston or San Antonio. But but in most counties in Texas, you are in the right to use a firearm to defend your property and to defend yourself. And I can tell you that 
everybody that I know in Texas, they're going to defend their property, you know, firearms or otherwise. And at some point, because, you know, we're living through the last dark chapter of the, the fall of the American empire. At some point, the Democrat cities will become so lawless and chaotic that for anyone to survive, they will be forced to begin deploying firearms in their defense. They will have no choice. And you're going to see a lot of people get shot in cities like San Francisco and Chicago and so on. You know, as the rule of law really falls apart, you're going to see people taking it upon themselves to defend their own property. You're going to see shopkeepers shooting looters and shoplifters. And, you know, you can't blame them, right? I, if somebody keeps coming in and just stealing day after day after day, you know, at some point, I should probably expect to get shot by the shopkeeper. And did, did you think that this was a free-for-all? Did you think that you could just steal? Basically taking another man's labor? Stealing the time and labor from another person for yourself, for your own personal greed or your own personal drug habit? Yeah, you should probably expect that some shopkeeper is going to unload on you some 9mm rounds or something larger. And I don't know about you, but I'm at the point in this country watching this lawlessness and all this insanity that I wholly support shopkeepers who shoot shoplifters. I think it's well justified. They should put up a sign, you know, shoplifters will be shot. Go somewhere else. Pretty simple message, right? You know, you've seen the signs, trespassers will be violated, survivors will be shot. Yep, uh, we're, we're going to enter an era of tough justice by the citizens, frankly. That's, that's the backlash that's going to happen because of the, the lunacy of the laws right now that allow mass theft and shoplifting. So just have an expectation that the pendulum is going to swing the other way and you're going to find yourself living in a society with a lot of instant justice, whatever that looks like. Some of it may be overkill, literally, but you're going to see a society of, quote, instant justice rolling out before your very eyes all across America. It's the obvious outcome of where this is headed. So, you know, practice self-defense, know your local laws. Don't take this as legal advice or self-defense advice, but do your own research and find out what the laws are where you live you know, obey those laws, be in compliance with them. Uh, but also don't be afraid to defend yourself and to defend your property in compliance with the law. Thank you for listening. Mike Adams here, the health ranger, naturalnews.com and also brighton.com. Take care. Welcome to today's interview on Brighton.com. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighton. And as you can see from the large screen behind me, today we're talking about chromosomes and repairing DNA damage. And also what's happening to everybody right now with the DNA insults, the, the warfare on your chromosomes that's taking place through the jabs and other means. And we're joined today by a first time guest, Will Spencer from a website. Oh, he's a naturopath and a researcher. He's got some really fascinating experience of helping people uh, eliminate the technology that is happening right now. And his website is patientadvocatebulldog.com if you want to check that out. But uh, Mr. Spencer, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. 
Great to have you. And I, I understand you're, uh, you're also a partner with Doc Pete Chambers. Is that right? Yes, correct. Lieutenant Colonel. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So tell us about uh, what you have going on there. And I know you, you've, you have a lot of traction of success in helping people overcome this. So, so start there, if you would, please. And, uh, and I'll just chime in with questions. Sure. And uh, you started off with patient advocate bulldog that started um, with a uh, friend of mine uh, about two years ago now, where uh, he gave a, he was referred uh, to me through one of our Patriot groups, uh, because they knew that uh, I've advocated I've been smuggling stuff into healthcare uh, facilities and hospitals and VAs since the 1990s to help people get out. Uh, so he was referred to me for help, and it took uh, our first, our first uh, basic extraction, if you will. We were smuggling ivermectin in to a pretty large hospital over in Virginia. Nice. After a few days, uh, we finally got this gentleman out, which they were really, really strategically trying to get him on a ventilator, uh, and uh, we intervened uh, with the help of his wife, and uh, that started patient advocate bulldog. Uh, so, um, so, so let me, let me just respond and say, you know, bravo, by the way, because if you obey the hospital, you die and ivermectin saves lives. And I think we, the people, we have a duty to actually smuggle ivermectin into the hospitals and to give it to the patients to save lives. And we saw that recent study out of Peru showing that a 74% reduction in COVID related fatalities among those who were given ivermectin. So you could save three out of four lives right there. Oh, easy. I mean, uh, we've been, I, I grew up on the farm. So a little history. I mean, when dad uh, would uh, use ivermectin and fenbendazole on the cattle, uh, when, when I was a kid, uh, not only the cattle got it, but all the kids got it and the hired men's families and the hired men, everybody got worms. So it's just been a thing uh, in my life, just knowing that you got to do this periodically or, you know, things happen. So right. uh, it's just a maintenance tool that we've been using for a long time. And now we, with a lot of practice, uh, we've gotten pretty good at uh, administering, uh, administering these, these well-known products yeah. to help, to help save lives. Now in 42 different States we've been advocating and um, it's a, it's a real shame that the medical system right now is in the 42 states that we've advocated in over the last few years now, that they're just outright murdering people. Um, Isn't we've that had, the truth? Yeah. It, it, there's nothing that you can't call anything. It's outright murder. We've had several people off the ventilator and then getting ready to get off, uh, excuse me, get discharged from the hospital in the next morning. Uh, and during the night, they have a mysterious heart attack. Uh, one of them was our really good personal friend of mine. Uh, we were getting his son, who was a MMA fighter, uh, and a special operator retired from Afghanistan through the Afghanistan conflict over there. Um, very healthy. He went in for respiratory illness. He didn't uh, call anybody first. He just went into the hospital. That's what he was trained to do and took a COVID test, failed the test, which they're designed to be that way anyhow. Yep. And ended up, uh, you know, they ended up killing him. Um, we, his, his mom got the body and did a tox third-party toxicology test and found midazolam and some of these other chemical cocktails they used to stop his heart. Oh, wow. So, um, wow. But so that's it, just straight-up murder. 
Euthanasia. It's straight up murder yeah. because he was going to be discharged in the morning. Wow. And they needed the fatality for the the bonus payment. They had to have. I mean, there's no excuse for uh, for murdering somebody like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they get incentivized, right? So hospitals earn up to totally. half a million dollars for murdering someone, somebody and calling it a COVID death. And you know, we've even interviewed attorneys about that. Okay. So tell us about your website, patientadvocatebulldog.com. I see you have, I mean, I'm not familiar with it, but you have a membership login. So how do people become members and what does that allow them to do? So let, yeah, we're a private, we're a nonprofit. Uh, we're a, a 508C1A. If you want to work with us, uh, we'll work with you privately. It doesn't cost anything to join. It's kind of like going to Sam's club. If you want to uh, work with us because we are private, um, I'm a secured party creditor and our whole business is all, everything we do nonprofit is through our trust. Uh, so you have to f- basically agree to work with us on the private side. Uh, That's how we're able to do what we do uh, because there's no government jurisdiction when you're you're on the private side working with us because we're uh, all under contract law. And so it's uh, easy to join. You just basically read read the terms there. Basically, it's saying we're we're agreeing to work together uh, and – Moving forward, if you got any complaints, you got to let us know. We'll let you know if we have any issues. Uh, we manufacture over 85 different products. Uh, we hate, we are, you know, let's see, we have over a thousand strains of probiotics in our products. Um, we also use ivermectin and fenbendazole and some of these other chlorine dioxide we've been uh, making and using for close to tw- well, 20 years. Um, we've been. No We've been uh, in the natural health industry. I've been helping people since the early 1990s uh, from uh, herbs uh, to all different kinds of supplementation uh, and helping people in all different capacities and manners uh, uh, all over the United States. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned fenbendazole and also chlorine dioxide because those are also under attack by regulators. Of course, chlorine dioxide, you know, the, the Grenons are still in prison over that for for selling it and and talking about what it can do uh i've actually got some still right here because I, I did a demo here on the desk uh, a few months ago and it's still sitting there but i i use chlorine dioxide just all the time on my ranch with my animals uh, me personally uh I'll, I'll i'll make you know a glass of it slowly sip that if i have any kind of symptoms or anything at all and i found that the combination again this is not medical advice folks but for me personally if I'm if I'm getting hit with symptoms, either ivermectin is going to knock it out, usually just overnight, or if it's really aggressive, chlorine dioxide, I add that the next day and then that knocks it out. But I haven't run into anything that uh, those two can't knock out so far. What's your experience? I have similar experience, uh, but recently uh, there's there's some things that we're coming into uh, knockerheads with, and that's uh, from the shedding. Uh, in these turbo cancers, uh, there's some really aggressive things that are coming uh, from the vaccinated people. I don't even like using that term. The people <laughs> that have willingly taken the bioweapon and have turned themselves into a bioweapons generator. When you come in contact with that shedding, it is, uh, it is crazy the things that we're seeing. I have uh, some things right now in my personal life that is absolutely horrifying uh, when it comes to what happens with uh, these super, uh, what do they call them, turbo cancers uh, and how fast they multiply and just cause havoc and just just kill people. Oh, yeah. 
No, I, I want to ask you about what's in the jabs and what you're seeing uh, work to get those jabs, you know, to, to get the technology out of people. I notice on your website you have something here called a jab rescue kit that you're offering for, for members. And, and just, just, just for the audience here, you know, this, you know, we don't have any financial relationship, you or I. We don't have any affiliate relationship. I, I'm just Correct. pointing out what's on your website, and, and you just have a private membership uh, situation. But you want to... Could you talk to us about either that kit or what you find is actually working for people who are damaged by these jabs? Yes, absolutely. So a little bit of history uh, to lead up to the this bioweapon thing. So I was involved uh, about 14 years ago, maybe 15 now, uh, in Morgellons research and oh, yeah. uh, genetic modification uh, and from the through the agriculture, the chemtrails, you know, all this, this these different avenues of uh, uh, GMO that people come in contact with um, back from years ago, and so it wasn't a big grasp for me. I was actually asked, uh, uh, Major Jeffrey Prather, a friend of mine, actually asked me if I have anything that would help, and we had a conversation. I said, actually I do. And he was the inspiration to put the, the jab rescue kit together because, really? uh, because we were already monitoring gene expression with our lab. so we could tell what was going on, like reversing the MTHR gene or the BRCA genes and things like that. We we're able to, uh, downregulate and, and, uh, quiet them so they're not expressing and so it was no far stretch to really see what was going on we just had to write some software uh, in our lab so we could look at things from the bioweapon standpoint uh, and so it wasn't uh, wasn't very didn't take very long about two months and we pretty much had most of it figured out and that's how the jab rescue kit came about uh, where we're using the uh, chlorine dioxide and the uh, ivermectin to basically f help the cells to give up the technology. And then the microbes, uh, the probiotics, if you will, uh, they go in and just disintegrate and break down the technology because it's the same same thing we've been doing for all these years with Margellans to get uh, those things reversed. Oh, really? So it, was, uh, it wasn't very difficult and it's been working real well, uh, very well. Uh, we, we're on, we've shipped uh, jab kits to uh, five continents now. Um, they're pretty much stopping us from going out of the country. Most of the other countries now, they're not letting our products in anymore. Yeah. Uh, so pretty that. much just domestic, uh, domestic now. What about, we, we ship around. Well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but before I forget this, no, go ahead. what about another bioweapon, Lyme's disease? Um, is that something that you've had success with? Oh, Lyme's is really easy. It's uh, almost as easy as diabetes. Because, because I mean, our audience is aware that you know that was originally developed as as a biological weapon, and I've heard some real horror stories of people being devastated by that. And those stories really reminded me of a lot of the neurological effects following the jab. It seems like there's a lot of similarities between those two. Very similar because it's really an immune system issue. Uh, most people's immune systems are downregulated uh, to the point where. They they can't handle a lot of these sophisticated uh, infections and uh, technologies that are airborne now. Like Lyme's, we've picked up on five continents. It's airborne in my book because uh, I've seen people that have had no ticks, not even living in a, in anything remotely where there would be ticks, and they still have 
you know, 60, 65 of the co-infections uh, plus the Babesias and the Borrelias and all this other stuff. So it's to me, it's an immune system problem. Uh, it's, it's not we never really go after the Lyme because the immune system is allowing uh, the Lyme organisms to be there. So we go and bolster the immune system and then knock the infection down at the same time. And it usually works fairly well, fairly quickly within six months. Uh, that is pretty much under control. Well, that, that's great news for a lot of our audience members, because I think a lot of people out there still suffer from this. And, and back to the so-called vaccine. I mean, I know someone, a nurse, who took one jab and was just neurologically destroyed. Absolutely devastated. Even she said that, it, and I've heard this from other people, that it felt like she was numb and that life had left her body. And other people have said it felt like God had left them. I mean, the, the, the sensory implosion was, was very profound all the way through the neurological system. So what does that say to you as a researcher uh, about what this weapon is and, and its methods of attack. It's a uh, slow or soft kill. Um, if it's injected properly, uh, if you're hitting a, a bloodstream uh, or lymph or um, where it gets out of the tissue faster, then you have these uh, sudden death situations. Um, um, I believe it's uh, when you're not uh, when you can make it through the first few injections, uh, the uh, the insults of that, uh, then if your immune system can handle that, uh, then you're then uh, being, how do you want to say, the hardware is, is being injected into you to then start multiplying. It's very similar to Morgellons. I believe their Morgellons was kind of the related to that where you have these self-assembling uh, things going on inside your body where you have computer chip things and uh, these hairs and the other things that develop inside of you turns you into a generator of them uh -huh. and then there's no way it has to be connected because we're picking up uh, mac addresses from these people that have been injected so there's definitely hardware and software being installed through the injections and then created inside the body using uh, using the body's environment inside to support that kind of signal. Uh, so it's uh, what's the word like a I don't know bio uh, it's a, like a biocomputer uh, software injection. Um, you know I'm a little bit lost for words here because it's just. Uh, it gets kind of well, complicated. We know, I mean, Pfizer described it as an operating system. You know, the mRNA injections, they're installing an operating system. And we've seen, uh, was it Dr. Lieber? Isn't he the one that did the, all the nanotech uh, patents and research? Was it That name sounds familiar. Yeah. I think it was Charles Lieber, if I have that correct, who was actually prosecuted for sharing uh, this technology with communist China. And uh, he had over 20 patents talking about self-assembling nanotechnology that can penetrate cell walls and that can both monitor cells and control them, including in the cell nuclei. So, you know, I just, I, the reason I'm saying that, Will, is just because in case the audience hears you and thinks, what, what is he talking about? Uh, this is all in the U.S. Patent Office documents, folks. This Correct. is, it's all on the record. <laughs> there's, a, there's a document out called the Fauci dossier that lists... Uh, 
all 5,200 plus patents associated uh, with the bioweapon vaccine program. Uh, Dr. David Martin uh, shared that a couple of years ago. So that's free, easy to get online. Just Google that Fauci dossier. I mean, it's all patented. This is not a mystery. It started back years and years ago, a couple of decades ago to get to where we are today. And that's why I say to Mergellin's crosses over so, so common in the, uh, the parallels. That's why I believe that was like uh, phases to, to see how this technology can get into the body and all that. That's why they're, that's why I'm saying there's such a crossover. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I want to play a, a, a little video clip about a two minute clip from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. here that where he's talking about how the CIA has conducted over 200 medical experiments on the American people. And I want to get your reaction to, to that. So let's play that clip. So, you know, I look back on, um, in my new book, I, I talk about the history of the U.S. bioweapons program. And from the beginning, the CIA was running the bioweapons program. Why? Because we didn't have a bioweapons program after World War II. And the CIA's first operation was called Operation Paperclip. And it was an operation to get all the bioweapons and nuclear and chemical scientists out of Germany and Japan, where they had an extensive bioweapons program. The Japanese had a horrendous program where they were doing, they did live vivid sections on 3,000 people. You know, they killed them all during the operation, removing their infected organs while they were alive with no anesthesia. And these were horrible, horrible scientists. The CIA elevated them, brought them over to Fort Detrick, downloaded them, and made made them the heads of hospital systems and pharmaceutical companies in Japan and continued to work with them, and they brought all the German scientists over here. And then they did all these experiments unwittingly on the American public. They sprayed toxins in National Airport. They sprayed them in the Pentagon uh, air conditioning system. They put poison water in NIH. They put light bulbs filled with bacteria that they broke on the grates and contaminated the New York City subway system. Some of those microbes still in the subway today. They, they did aerial dosing and from ships of about, uh, of, uh, about 60 million Americans. They, they dosed uh, San Francisco, Los Angeles. All right, uh, there's the clip. What, what do you think about RFK Jr. and what he's saying about the history of medical experimentation? I think he's right on the money. I mean, it's uh, very easy to find this information out. There was a book written years ago that uh, was I was introduced to. It was called Lab 258, I believe, or 257, talked about Plum Island and how uh, they were doing that back in the 50s. They were uh, creating these things basically leading up to Lyme, uh, the Lyme outbreaks, but uh, and spraying them in St. Louis and St. Minneapolis and different parts of the country, New England, Chicago. And so uh, I'm I'm 100% aligned. Uh, I've seen these agents because we're looking for them in our lab. I've seen them in people like SV40 and uh, that was piggybacked uh, in through the polio and a human papillomavirus that was pol- uh, in through the polio. I've got oodles oh, yeah. of personal 
you know, I got, I got thousands of scans that I've been looking at for years, over the years, and I'm, I'm aligned 100% with, with that. Well, you know, the other thing that RFK said was, you know, he specifically mentioned Operation Paperclip, which brought in the Nazi scientists and also the, the, some of the scientists from the Japanese empire who were conducting, you know, horrendous experiments on live human beings and harvesting their organs alive. But, you know, Operation Paperclip, which I know you know about it. Our audience is well aware of it. You know, the mainstream media would call it a conspiracy theory. No, it's not. It's history. They took the Nazi scientists in pharma and rocketry and a certain, some other areas like encryption and so on. And they brought them in. They gave them new identities and new passports in the United States. And they put them in charge of big pharma offshooting from uh, IG Farben and then you know, and Bayer and, and all of that. And then NASA ha was run by Nazis. From the very beginning. So the, the, the Apollo missions and everything, it's all Nazi technology. The bioweapons, Nazi technology. The depopulation weapons, Nazi technology. And now that's just what, you know, seemingly the American empire is run by Nazis. Literally. Uh, your comments. I believe that. I totally believe that. I've actually ha had family members from those that came over through the Operation Paperclip that have been clients of ours to verify that. So uh, I've, it's just a fact. It's, it's not, there's no conspiracy. It's fact-based uh, information we're talking about here. Just history, like you said. Yeah, it's just straight up history. Um, getting to, to more solutions, uh, let me point out something else that I see on your website here. Again, patientadvocatebulldog.com. You have something here called the Respiratory Rescue Kit. And I see that it has a nebulizer and some silver and some hydrogen peroxide and iodine and things like that. I mean, I was I was putting I, it's funny. You and I must think the same way, <laughs> except uh, the the only thing that I add. So what, what I do is I go out and I buy a xylitol nasal nebulizer with, you know, with xylitol in, in in a solution. And then I add colloidal silver and I add a few drops of iodine. I shake that up. And then I squirt that into my nasal passages, and that works like miraculously. Yeah, that that kit uh, I've been using for years. That kit was a, a basically an evolution of my mentors uh, helping because respiratory was my problem as a child. Oh, really? Uh, I had uh, uh, asthma and bronchitis. I was on four different inhalers daily. Uh, and several different other pills and shots uh, weekly uh, for the bulk of my teenage years. And when I turned 20, my best friend, who was a Vietnam vet and a Native American, gave me this glass of really stinky tea and said, here, drink this. Your <laughs> asthma will go away. And so I'm like, okay. So I drank it, and 20 minutes later, uh, I took the first deep breath that I've ever taken in my life, uh, unassisted no by medicine. Uh, and that was the beginning of my trip uh, down this path that led me to today. And so those products there, uh, for instance, like the little huffer, uh, that little huffer was given to me by a Chippewa woman, medicine woman, that I interned and built my first sweat lodge with back about 20 years ago. And that is wild-crafted Appalachian collected golden seal root powder, which we collect. I have collectors that uh, work for us that go wild crafting for the, our herbs and stuff we use as much as possible. And that's one of them. And oh, wow. when you inhale the dust of that root, it kills bacterialis and fungus on contact. 
Wow. But you got to – and it's also a really good expectorant. So if you – once you huff it in, that's why we call it a little huffer, you breathe that – the dust in to your lungs and your sinuses and it kills on contact. And then it's an expectorant, so it causes the little bit of mucus to be developed and then you cough it out. Uh-huh. I've stopped a major – pneumonia in less than 40 hours with that kit and got the green slime chunks to go away and <laughs> wow. cough it out and the person is uh breathing and sleeping well uh in in no time so that that kit is, was put together because this is a respiratory thing that's going on around us that bioweapon is a respiratory we're breathing the the genetically modified material from these vaccinated people that's been mutated through them and that that kit has been working miracles now for for years and it works really well when and there's a pretty good regiment that goes with it if you're really bad but that's how we're keeping people out or getting people out of the hospitals as well wow. as products so this is kind of like the this is going down the rabbit hole of super powerful potent medicine that you know, no licensed doctor, you know, would dare even recommend this to patients because they would have their license yanked by the medical boards that are trying to kill people. Right. They can't they can't use this stuff because it's not patented. Um, I'm not licensed by the AMA. I'm licensed by the PMA, which is the Pastoral Medical Association. And we're outlawed from, you know, we're totally it's another parallel universe. We're over here in this world where there's a close to three quarters of a million of us. And then you have the AMA over here doing their thing. So I'm over here in my alternate reality using things. We're, we're by our license, we have to do things to help people. Yeah. Well, that's okay. what, I mean, that's what medicine was supposed to be, but of course it's become <laughs> now a murderous regime <laughs> right. as, as you know. Uh, okay. But what, I mean, the reason I wanted to point that out is, I mean, even even I have people that come to me all the time uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the health ranger and people ask me, well, what should I do for this or that? And I say, look, you know, I I can't prescribe you medicine. You know, I'm not your doctor. I can't even diagnose you. I, I tell people, go to a naturopath, get get a, a total analysis of everything in your life, like your diet, your exposure. What are you putting on your skin? What's your shampoo, your deodorant, your laundry detergent? And inevitably, inevitably, when people do that, it turns out that they are living in a toxic stew of chemicals that they surround themselves with and they go out and keep purchasing them and consuming them over and over again. And then they wonder why they're sick. You know, have you run into this too? 100%. That's why we make soap. We have a, we have a whole line. Like I said, we manufacture over 100 different products that cover from personal care to your health uh, uh health products to the soil. We were reversing genetic modification in the field, in animals. Uh, we can take a totally, totally toxic uh, environment, a field that's been sprayed for 40 years with pesticides, and in one growing season, turn it into a nutrient-dense growing medium, and you can raise organic uh, produce on it. Uh, so that's the reality we live in. So we cover everything from the ground all the way to your body uh, with the stuff that we do. That, that's really powerful. And, and I apologize. I should have asked this up front, but do you, do you normally go by Dr. Spencer or do you go by Will or how, like, how do you want me to call you on the show? Uh, 
I like Will because I'm just a, a, a human out here just with a compassionate heart helping other people. I just – my mentors have – I really – if anything, um, I give homage to my 48 mentors that have basically uh, uh, pushed me down this path uh, where <laughs> yeah. I'm at uh, because uh, I've been entrusted with some really awesome things, and they've lost their lives. I had three mentors killed at high academic levels for what you get when you work with us. That's why we really prefer to work with people on the private side uh, because I feel that's the only way we can really protect ourselves away from the medical mafia and the government mafia is we have to just stop playing that game. And so that's why I do what I do. What do what would you say to somebody who has been in that world of just regular pharmaceutical medicine and they've taken the jabs and they've taken the boosters, and now the CDC just came out today and said, well, the new variant is very likely to infect those who are vaccinated, which is kind of, it's just a straight-up admission of, you know, of everything that we've said, you and I will, that the vaccines don't work. But now the CDC is saying they don't work, obviously. And, and even before that, they said that the vaccines don't stop transmission and don't stop infections, which is like, well, why are people even taking them? But... What's the most compelling thing that you would say to somebody who has been brainwashed in that world and has taken the jabs and now they're maybe finally starting to realize, hey, something's wrong with this picture? The first thing I say usually is I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you were mistaken that you allowed that thing to be injected into you because that was a big mistake. And uh, the other thing I say is well, there's help. Uh, we have Lots of anecdotal, anecdotal evidence uh, of uh, testimonies of helping people in, in that regard, even with three and four boosters, um, if they're still alive. So that's my first thing is I don't I don't berate them, which a lot of people are doing that right now. But I'm sorry that you did that. It was a big mistake. And now let's look at let's look at what's going on. We can help you because and here's your symptoms. And so then I direct them to our scans because we're able to see it. We're scanning for these, uh, uh, the different, we can actually tell who uh, the difference between uh, Pfizer, J&J, AstraZeneca, Sinovac. We can actually tell the difference of the shedding, where the shedding is coming from, from the, from the different vaccines in our scans, uh, as well as uh, uh, over 140 other things we analyze on our base scans. Uh, so we're, uh, that's what we're, that's the main thing that we're doing right now. It's just spreading like wildfire because people don't know. So what, what are, what are you scanning? Do people provide a sample of something? Yeah, we use a hair sample and a picture uh, with our technology. Uh, our technology is fairly cutting edge. Uh, it was developed originally in 1924, literally 99 years ago. Our technology was developed, the analog version. Our computerized uh, digital version now was, uh, let's see, the last, I don't know what uh, generation it is, but it's been updated uh, just last year. And uh, we have our own computer programmer and code writers that uh, work for us in our lab. So we're writing our own test uh, protocols uh, with the with the software. And so really just a hair sample. Uh, and if you go to uh, the website there, you can see Exponential Health Scan. It'll, it'll talks about it there uh, uh, briefly and wow. discusses uh, what we do. Wow. I mean, you can tell all that from a hair sample. Correct. We can test for over 250,000 different things off a hair sample or a picture. 
Oh, that's wild. All right. Well, I'm not I'm not familiar with what whatever tech you're using because I come from the world of you know mass spec. Uh, you know, instruments and testing for pesticides and things like that. But every time somebody asks me to test, you know, like blood or urine, I'm like, no, that's not, we don't want to handle other people's blood or yeah. urine in the lab. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've evolved past those tests years ago. Yeah. It's, uh, the tech has so far advanced now, it's amazing. And the, the common person has really no idea that this kind of technology is out there. So oh, I'd love to learn more. Maybe we can talk after, after the interview because I'm always interested in you know, detection equipment sure. and, and to, to know what's out there. And there's a lot of crazy stuff being thrown at us right now. In fact, my next question for you is given that they're pushing the next pandemic, uh, it seems to me that they're going to try to create fear and panic yet again, which means they kind of have to up the ante on whatever they're going to do. Maybe they're going to drop a, a bioweapon or some kind of super spike protein on a city that, or maybe some hemorrhagic component that causes people to start bleeding out of their eyeballs or something. But what do you think they're going to do next to up the anti, you know, COVID 2.0? What's coming? We're, we're already seeing what they're doing. Uh, they're ramping up the, the EMFs and those that have uh, taken the bioweapon uh, and then those that are severely shed on, they're they're already showing symptoms uh, of the uh, hemorrhagic uh, fever things and respiratory problems already. We're getting calls, the last, especially the last month now, is really picking up the last two weeks. Uh, they're, they're already doing it. They're, it's, it's all EMFs. I mean, uh, you've had uh, Dr. Pete Chambers on your show. Uh, he's a uh, 5G warfare specialist. He's also a, a business partner of ours uh, and our spokesperson for Patient Advocate Bulldog. And he's right on. I mean, we're seeing it already in the clinic. We're getting calls, uh, of, and it's those that are vaccinated and those that are around uh, the vaccinated that are non-vaccinated. They're getting uh, the respiratory problems are already picking up, so they, they're already doing it. Uh, I don't think they have to spread anything out there as in a real thing. All they have to do is ramp up the, the already EMFs, uh, you know, from your 5G phone to your, uh, to your routers, to your uh, stuff on the street lamps. Uh, uh, you just, it's already there, and they're already using it. So the next couple of, uh, well, especially the next month, because we're already hearing that the, uh, the whole things, the lockdowns and already are going to be starting in September, about the second and third week in that time frame we're hearing already. Uh, so it's already there. It's so, just a matter of time. Do you think I, I think you're saying the following, but I mean, correct me if I'm wrong or, or clarify it, but could it be that this is a binary weapon system where phase one was to inject people with this self-assembling nanotechnology that can respond to external electromagnetic signals? And then phase two could be to simply activate that through 5G broadcasts. Uh, and, and they use these years in between to build out that infrastructure of an electronic weapon system disguised as a telecommunications infrastructure, i.e. 5G. But could it be that, that this is the activation stage of the tech that was previously injected into people? I, I would truly believe that. I think the injections were actually like phase four uh, because we have genetically modified material in the food chain. We have heavy metals uh, everywhere. We have a severely malnutrition populace. And then you have the injections. Uh, and then you have the EMF cranking up. So that's why I say there's there's already been 40 years of preliminary loading people up with some of these components. Uh, and then the injections 
then the then the technology outside in the environment the EMFs get cranked up basically then I think that's the five steps uh, so I'm aligned with what you're saying but I think it's it's mu- there, much you know the preliminary steps yeah much further along wow what about okay here's a question you know how 5G has very limited range in terms of its telecom uh, capabilities uh, you know because well the wavelength is very short so the frequency is high and it doesn't have good long, longevity in terms of you know how far that travels without interference or distortion at least this is what we're told by the telecom industry my question to you is does this mean that someone is safer if they're outside the range of 5g towers like if they're out in the country and 5g can't reach them or are, are they more dangerous in the cities where you're surrounded by 5g what are your thoughts this phone right here is 5g and people carry it on them so in this phone that everyone carries the router is in their house the computer the laptop has an antenna that's fi- that's you know it's not just 5g it's all the different generations all have different signals and they all these different spectrum of signals has different um, outcomes in the body with the technology that's uploaded into them and so it's the whole thing. It's not just 5G. 5G is just a fifth generation of technology, which is almost outdated already. They, they have a whole broad spectrum, according to what Doc Pete has been telling uh, with his experience uh, from the military side of it is when you have the broad spectrum pushed out so and the people are loaded up with this these components and technology. Um, I think the 5G thing is more of a fear porn thing myself. Uh, but at any rate, it's the technology in general. Do you think that they've been holding back on the full activation of the nanotech? In other words, are they are they waiting for some coming activation day to really like let loose, you know, like go, you know, or or or? I don't know what the signal would be, you know, some sequence or some frequency or some energy that would have a substantial activation of the nanotech. Is that a possibility? I truly believe that because uh, the meters that we have, because I go around with meters quite often just to check things. And there's the way they have a lot more capabilities to flood our environment with the, these electromagnetic technology. I don't think they're even, they're just the tip of the little iceberg at, at this point. I think they can really crank it up according to doc Pete, because he's witnessed that technology in the field in a warfare setting that what we have now in our environment as, as a populace is nothing compared to the weaponry and, and the ability of the weapons that they're out there right now or right through our phones even. Well, that's that's also disturbing because, of course, drones can be outfitted with you know broadcast antennas and, and, and they can push signals. And we've seen in the Russia-Ukraine conflict how drones have been used very effectively to change the, the outcome of the war. You know, these these Russian drones, they're called the Lancet drones, which is interesting because that's the name of the medical journal that publishes articles that murder humans, by the way. So the Lancet drones or Lancet 3 uh, they can destroy Leopard 2 tanks from Germany, by the way. So you could, you could destroy a multi-million dollar tank, you know, with a $100,000 drone, uh, asymmetrical warfare. Well, surely the West has this, but the West is using its weapons against the people, right? So couldn't it be like drone warfare even in rural areas? 
Sure could be. We experienced it in Maui right there. We have That's true, uh, talk, yeah. talk to people there that their cell phones died, no technology. They can't call in, can't call out. There's, I mean, we're, ex, we ex just experienced that in just last week or earlier this week. So it's, it's a thing. It's, it's a really, it's a war on us, the population. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap this up here in a couple of minutes, but one of the last questions I want to ask you is as you're talking to new members, who, who join your organization and take advantage of what you have to offer. Are, are you hearing, I don't know, a level of astonishment from people that, that they, they can't believe that the institutions of our world, medicine, government, media, tech, have all become murderous, genocidal regimes against the people. Is, is that really sinking in to the people that you're talking to? I'd say maybe half uh, can get their mind wrapped around that. I mean, I was introduced to this corruption in 1978 when I was quite young. So I've just lived my life knowing that uh, it just it's just going on as a thing and have watched it, you know, since 78, all this stuff unfold. People now just waking up to the fact I, I feel a lot of calls and I have to be I've learned to be careful on bringing newbies up to speed uh, slower because they just their minds can't handle it because the Stockholm syndrome is so strong that they've been programmed a certain way that I've had people literally have mini seizures uh, just trying to get their head around the, the corruption in the medical system, let alone the government and all these different layers uh, of corruption. So I try to be as compassionate and, and, and calm as I can, uh, but still – People are, are are just so fragile and so programmed with the Stockholm syndrome. It's it's really a hard hard nut to crack. But I'm really glad to see all this stuff happening. It's really a, a relief actually to finally not be a nutbag uh, like I've been called and all the kinds of different names all these years. And now what we do is a thing, and it's becoming popular because we're here and we're still here doing this over all these decades, and it's becoming valuable now because people are opening their eyes to see just the fraud that is all over, all over our whole society. Yeah, completely agree. The, the, the red pilling has really accelerated. And I was just saying on my podcast the other day, I said, if you want to know what's going to happen in 2024, it's very simple. Just listen to Alex Jones broadcast from 2019 <laughs> because right. he's always five years ahead and everything that Alex warned about almost literally everything has come true. You know, and, and actually it's more than five years. Sometimes Alex will be 10 years ahead or 12 years ahead. And, you know, he's not the only one. You know, we've all been ahead of the curve. But it's, it's no longer like the, the idea that, that the, the vaccines are killing people. That's not a fringe theory anymore. It's direct experience that people share, that they observe. And, and you know, some of them, of course, have died and, and are no longer around to comment on that. But their family members are. So... You know, what, what you've been teaching for all these years, Will, um, more and more people are recognizing as being absolutely true. It is. It's a kind of a breath of fresh air. I hate to say it like that, but it is. I'm so happy that there's people waking up now, kind of almost too late maybe, but at least uh, there's I, there's hope in that regard. I hate using that word, but um, there's a hope for humanity. Uh, at least I'm kind of an optimist that way. I, I believe we're winning somehow, and uh, we're not going to all get wiped out. So, and I'm doing everything I can to support uh, support our immunity and our life. Well, uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And I, 
I tend to agree. I think we're going to overcome this. They won't be able to kill us all. But I do think they'll kill, uh, my estimate is between one and four billion human beings that won't, won't make it for the next, you know, over the next 10 years. I think that's what the globalists will be able to kill off, probably from the injections they've already administered, by the way. You know, I mean, th th I think they've already killed between one and four billion people as that plays out, is what I'm saying. But I agree with you, they can't kill us all. And many of us, like you and your, your members, are hard to kill, <laughs> which is a good trait. <laughs> I like to think that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, I mean, if you've got ivermectin and you've got chlorine dioxide and you know about silver and you know about all these herbal medicines, you are hard to kill. I mean, I, I, I've been subjected to crazy stuff at, at public events that almost killed people around me. And uh, I hit it with chlorine dioxide. All good. You know, I mean, I, I know people who, who very nearly died of well-known people who very nearly died because of what they were exposed to at, at some of these events. But anyway, um, we got to wrap this up, Will. So any, any uh, final thoughts you want to leave our audience? Oh, my. Keep your head up. Listen to Mike and his show and uh, keep, keep looking, keep searching. Do not listen to the elite, the medical system. The government is not here to help you. Uh, the medical system is really good at fixing broken bones and anything like that, uh, mechanical, but they are really, really bad electricians and plumbers. Uh, <laughs> and if you want vibrant health, you cannot turn to the medical system. Uh, they're, they're not about vibrant health. Guys like us, uh, our clinic that we have, uh, that's, our, that's our focus is vibrant health. That's what we provide, and that is the key. And you have to step away from the medical mafia in order to find that. You use them when you need to, um, but other than that, if you want to live, follow me, as Doc Pete says. Do not stay there. Yeah, right. It's, it's like that line right out of Terminator 2. If you want to live, come with me. And I, I think I've borrowed that line from time to time as well. And the people who listen to us tend to be very much alive right now. And the people who kept getting jabbed, uh, tens of millions of them are, are gone now. They're, they're, they're just as gone as uh, Yevgeny Prigozhin, whose jet was shot out of the sky, except you get shot uh, in the pharmacy. You know, you know you're dead either way. Uh, but anyway, we, we wish the best for people. And I want to thank you, Will, for taking the time to join us today and remind people it's patientadvocatebulldog.com is the website. And we've been speaking with Will Spencer, a naturopath and researcher today. Thank you so much, Will, for joining me today. You're welcome, Mike. And thank you for the, for the time. I definitely appreciate your platform. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, you you uh, are well appreciated here as well and keep up the great work and we'll keep in touch. And it seems like we know a lot of the same people anyway. So um, I can't wait to, to get updates from you in the future. So thanks for the time today. And for all of you watching, uh, feel free to repost this interview, of course, on other platforms and spread the word. Uh, most importantly, you know, be skeptical. One thing we've learned after the Lahaina fires, and this was a, a headline on the Daily Caller website, is that those who were obedient to the commands of the authorities burned alive and died in their cars on the highway. The ones that lived are the ones that drove around the barricades and went off the dirt into the dirt road, and they did not obey, and they are alive today. If, if they obeyed, they're dead. And the same thing is true with COVID and vaccines. If you obey the authorities, you will likely be depopulated. 
So get educated, stay alive, and be part of the future of human civilization that we are building together. Thank you for watching today. I'm Mike Adams here, the Health Ranger. Naturalnews.com is my website. And also, of course, I'm the founder of Brighteon.com. Take care. Today's interview is brought to you by HealthRangerStore.com, where we also have nutritional support solutions for you, including this one, NAC. This is very popular. N-acetylcysteine, or some people say N-acetylcysteine, but this is the supplement that the FDA has been heavily scrutinizing, probably because it's so helpful to support your body's natural glutathione production, by the way. And then we do the lab testing, make sure it's, of course, non-GMO, tested for heavy metals and glyphosate and microbiology. And we now have this available under our own Groovy B brand. So you can trust the quality control of it. It's available now at healthrangerstore.com. And I also want to mention, we have something kind of cool here, pomegranate kombucha probiotics. Check this out. This is brand new, single-serving powder packs there and you just open this up and put the powder into you know a glass of water or something and you can enjoy pomegranate powder with kombucha probiotics and it's made with of course non-gmo citric acid so the ingredients are very clean very pure here it is kombucha powder pomegranate juice powder non-gmo citric acid sodium bicarbonate which is baking soda and then the probiotics right here and that's it we have made this ultra clean, ultra lab tested, and super delicious. It's available right now at healthrangerstore.com. Thank you for your support. A global reset is coming, and that's why I've recorded a new nine hour audiobook. It's called The Global Reset Survival Guide. You can download it for free by subscribing to the naturalnews.com email newsletter, which is also free. I'll describe how the monetary system fails. I also cover emergency medicine and first aid and what to buy to help you avoid infections. So download this guide. It's free. It's my gift to you simply because I want like-minded people to survive.